Welcome to another Azure Centering podcast on our Azure Weekly Update show. My name is Marcos Nogueira and with me, my best friend, Andrew Lowe's. How are you, Andrew? I am amazing. Uh, here we are, end of the week, thinking about uh, all of the things Azure. Uh, yes. It's wonderful. I know we were uh, chatting earlier today and uh, it's true. Uh, it really is the highlight of our week that we get to get, to get together and and just chat about Azure things. It is. And I, I noticed on uh, the Azure-centric channel that we had a lot of engagement with uh, all of our viewers and listeners again last Absolutely. week. So I'm going to steal your usual line and say thank you so much. And don't forget, like and subscribe. Let us know. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, we absolutely love to hear all of the feedback, positive, negative, uh, neutral, I suppose, as well. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Want to share your favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe? Go ahead. Uh, you know, whatever you would like to do. <laughs> We're always happy to read all the comments. It's really amazing, though, um, because we do, we do say it once in a while, right? Like uh, we do remind everybody that uh, if we can just help one person and uh, just kind of give a heads up on these different updates and products and all these things with Azure uh, and we help someone, then, oh, job done. Uh, it really helps us feel good about uh, all of the effort and time that Marcos has to put in to uh, all of the editing and uh, all, all of the lighting changes and everything like that. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. And it's not stealing the thunder. It's like, you deserve it as much as, as as I do to doing this. This is being a long straight, uh, and we are enjoying. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. He was asking me a little bit more about uh, how we are producing the show and how we're doing and how is everything. So apparently we are reaching out out there um, even more than we were expecting, I have to say. Um, but it's awesome to have that that type of feedback. We are. I'm really humbled just to see all of the return. We do. We do put a lot of fun and love and dedication on this, um, and it's it's really good to see it. It to, to see it coming back, right? And yeah, I, absolutely. I yeah. always believe. But yeah, regarding regarding Azure, yeah, it's been a. Uh, a week, a different week, right? It, it was it was weird. I think for the first time ever that uh, the the email of automation did not have a scroll bar. No, it was a little on the thin side this week. I but... know why, but I don't want to say it out out of loud. But saying that because probably when you see this podcast, you will see one day before of the of the one of the biggest uh, conference, Microsoft conferences, the build conference. Exactly. That starts on Tuesday, the May 25th. Exactly. So this yeah, podcast... we, saw, we saw this kind of behavior around Ignite as well, yeah, Ignite as well. Uh, because all of the, the product teams and all of the people behind the scenes that we don't get to see too often are very, very hard at work um, preparing all of those things. And I know, um, we've all been seeing the updates on uh, MS Docs. I just make the assumption that everybody else in the whole world also is on MS Docs every day looking up some kind of a reference. <laughs> I know it's not true, but I still think that for some reason. But uh, it, like they have the banner on there, and there's some cool stuff that they're cooking up for yes. MS Build. Yeah. So. Uh, I know we have, uh, at least here in Canada, we have a holiday weekend uh, coming yes. up. It's a holiday Monday, I think. And, um, you know, we'll still release on time. We did talk about that, right? Yes. Um, and you're always teaching me things. So uh, apparently consistency is important. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Um, yeah, as you know, I, I, uh, I started recently a new engagement uh, this week. And they have a social media expert on staff, and she was trying to educate me today. That poor young lady, she has such an uphill battle. I feel sorry for her. 
She is sweet. So Darby, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. I know that uh, you have a lot of love and passion for what you do. And I'm so sorry that I am really just a rough surface to work with. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So let's ro So for topics this, this week, we don't have a topic, we have to say. We kind of going to talk a little bit of, of everything. We have a, a very nice, not announcement, but a very nice milestone that mm -hmm. Azure uh, uh, obtained this week. Uh, we have cool updates regarding networking, regarding uh, some of those uh, SLAs, uh, increasing, always increasing, right? But we don't have like per se a topic. Uh, in no, this I, week. I, it's I more like agree. a generic one, correct? Yeah, it's kind of there's a little mixed bag of uh, everything, mixed nuts, uh, if you will. We are a bit nutty sometimes, but yes, absolutely. I think I think that special announcement for me is kind of a highlight, um, only because it's kind of it's kind of a big deal, and um, a lot of work goes into that type of thing behind the scenes. So I think it's a cool announcement. It is a cool announcement. So it's time that we are rolling. And we'll come back in a few moments. So welcome back. And let's jump to the first one. And the first one that we have for this week is the general availability of Azure Key Vault SLA raised to four nines. Okay. So pretty cool about this. So we're starting the 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 week with the announcement, or in this case the podcast, we announcement or four nights. Oh four nights, not four nights. Four nights. <laughs> you might be thinking of the video game, perhaps Fortnite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or is I it was. Fortnite? I don't know. I don't play much video games anymore. <laughs> Uh, my my video game, it's not, yeah, it's more like a, a race simulator game that I do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Fortnite, I leave to my to my my son to do that. But it's four nines. So <laughs> four nines, what we are doing is is an incredible amount of uh, availability of Azure Key Vault. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and. One of the things that's kind of neat is, you know, as uh, these different services like Key Vault, for example, um, kind of start to take a good hold. Uh, and I know that even I uh, have been starting to take advantage of Key Vault a little better now. So one of the neat things is that Microsoft likes to back their SLA guarantees, right? So it's not only, uh, you know, just a, a promise of which the, they do they do hold uh, very close to their heart, right? Um, but they also back it financially. So SLAs are guaranteed yes. in Azure and 99.99%, uh, that's pretty good. So a quick glance at the what does that mean uh, document uh, on here tells me that if that falls to 99.9%, .9%, you will get a 10% service credit for the key vault. Yes. So it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing, right? Like you, and you don't have to do anything. If that metric falls below uh, that threshold and you use the service, you get issued that credit automatically on your uh, invoice or it's communicated to your partner, right? Absolutely. But what I like about this is these 99.99%, what they say is that they guarantee Microsoft's guarantee that they will process Azure Key Vault, okay? Just just to understand, within five seconds, with at least ninety nine point nine nine percent. So meaning that every time that you are querying the Azure Key Vault, uh, if you get more than five seconds, okay. Uh, it's where you're starting the SLA. So it means that, man, this could be really starting to go wrong if you have multiple 
or several subscription or several applications on subscriptions and started the query and you're going to below or above the threshold of the five seconds because that's what they guarantee that Azure Kivo will handle is those queries within five seconds or in this case with less than five seconds, right? Um, and if it goes above those five seconds, that's where the SLA becomes because Azure Key Vault will always be there because it's a global service, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think the the last thing I integrated with uh, Key Vault was using an ARM template that called a, a key value, and yes. uh, I mean it's so flexible, right? Like there's a lot of different things that you can use. The most common is calling credentials of some flavor or another. Yes. So. I use Keyvault just to, just to to go on that path. For example, for certificates as well, especially yeah. with with private keys, it's really keen when you have that and you need to request the certificate. Just use the Keyvault. The part that I like about this is on the Keyvault. Just to go a little bit more deeper, is you have different areas. You have the logins in this case, the credentials. That if you want to give access, you can give access to that only that, but they don't see the the certificates. But if you if you got if you are giving access to certificates to query the certificates, you don't have access to to the to the credentials. So it's it's I I'm a huge fan of this and I always use this a lot. And we've been talking about Keyvault on this show for a quite few some time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's been uh, some incremental upgrades, uh, some additional layers of the service added, new features, and it's it's been really interesting to watch Key Vault grow because um, we both started kind of using Key Vault um, shortly after it came out. Really, uh, I probably once it hit GA, maybe a little before. Yeah. But um, it's it's such a useful service, and I'm so glad that Key Vault is still uh, like making these new improvements. So uh, better SLA is just better for everybody. It is. It is completely. It is completely. Moving to the next one, talking about the Azure Stream Analytics, five new regions are now in general availability. Uh, so Stream Analytics is, is a service that I, I have to say that I don't use very often, but I do use quite a few times. Uh, especially when you want to do it, in this case, uh, some kind of a transformation or some kind of, not transformation, some kind of uh, log shipping and all of that uh, to be able to, to, to use the, the service, uh, right? And, and, and to be able to use that. But right now, five new regions. So uh, Australia Central, Germany West Central, Norway East, South India and the United Emirates, United Arab Emirates North uh, is becoming, and now it's the 33rd Azure region worldwide that will have Azure Stream Analytics. Yeah, uh, it's, it's again, it's another growing service. And like you were saying, it's about big bandwidth and fast high-speed, high-throughput data ingestion, right? Yeah. So it's really, like you say, for uh, when you're transforming data or moving between services. So there's some specific use cases. Um, multimedia comes to mind, right? Because it's always such large data amounts. Um, when you're doing a lot of AI analysis as well, uh, machine learning stuff. So there's there's a lot of implications for this. So it really means like, a lot of the underlying services now have the ability to scale out as well as scaling up, yeah. right? And you can use for IoT. You have a lot of ways that you can use this as well. But it's 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 a very starting to be a very big offering that that uh, Azure, as we're seeing, is is starting to to grow and be able to see that they are growing to other regions as well. It's awesome. Because not all all the regions have exactly the same services. They need to grow uh, on that way. They need to 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 see it and and to deploy it on those regions as well, right? So moving to the next one, 
we got a little bit of pace over here. But moving to the next one is something that we mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. That is the general availability of the Azure Health Bot adds new regions and language for its, its system checker. Right. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a really cool product, right? So it's definitely a vertical for Azure Health Services. And last week we talked, uh, I think, about how uh, HealthBot was uh, pushing out in additional regions Eight in new India. Regions, yeah, including yeah. India. Yeah, yeah, and um, our our very close uh, coworkers and friends in India. Um, are really utilizing services like this right now to get a handle on health challenges, right? Yeah. So the pandemic has really brought a lot of that into focus. It's relevant for uh, many of us now, right? Yeah. And uh, it's really cool how uh, Microsoft is not only expanding availability of HealthBot service, but it's now uh, expanding the language support for the system checker. It's like every week there seems to be something new that's pretty big, like a big steps forward, right? Yeah, completely. And 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 it's available and it's one of the service that during this pandemic was created, right? And, mm -hmm. and since January uh, of this year, it's been available on Marketplace. Um, and right now, we, they are adding eight, as we mentioned last week, eight new regions. And now um, it's available uh, also adding 16 new languages into this. So they add eight and now they are adding 16 as a, as a way that you can see as a system checker. And because of that, I think we found... So we found a grammatical check error here. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was just on the same thing. You go right ahead. I think I did the last one. <laughs> no, that's okay because on the title they say that is uh, it's system system checker, but on the description of the of the update they say symptom symptom checker. checker. Yeah. And if you if you actually go and drill down in uh, the symptom checker link at the bottom, it is totally triage and symptom yes. checking. So <laughs> systems checker. I thought they were talking about a backend service for the health bot that checked on its systems, and I thought, hey, that's really cool, man. It's going to be guaranteed uptime again. Here we go, more improvements, right? What do I know about health bot? Not a whole lot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's just for check if you have symptoms of COVID yep. in this case. Exactly, <laughs> which is what it was made for. So I, I was kind of curious about it, but I, I know, whatever, I don't question things. <laughs> for a moment, to be honest, when I read this the first time, and I was trying not to laugh when I started to, to, to read the, 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 in this case, the title, it it's, reminds me, that movie that we are on the uh what's the name uh the i want to say Wait. groundhog day because i'm a big bill murray fan but... no 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 it's the, it's <laughs> that that they have the robots that uh skynet remember skynet, oh, yeah. skynet. Yeah, yeah so um and that's what it's like oh they are checking the system of everyone nice <laughs> <laughs> To see so if just, we are updated, I, if we are patched. <laughs> I, I just want—I just want to be clear here. As as we announced uh, a couple of episodes ago, Azure updated their logo. Yeah. Just saying, what a great way to say thank you from Microsoft. Wouldn't it be nice to receive some new water bottles and sweaters? Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah, Although yeah. maybe I should say T-shirts because I'm more. I want to. I want to think more about summer. Yes. The coffee mugs. Uh, ah, I will. I will accept coffee mugs. Anything uh, with the new logo. It's going to be awesome. But exactly. my God, it's, it's cool like logo. imagine that you are receiving a text message. Say you are out of. Um, you are uh, not out of range, but you are uh, outdated. My so patches are at minus. Your two, patches are, are minus <laughs> two or something like. It will be awesome. Okay. 
Let's let's move on. I think it's <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go sideways pretty quick. Hopefully, <laughs> the next one I have to say is is interesting because it's about the Windows Virtual Desktop web client to end support of for Internet Explorer 11 on September 30th, 2021. So this is more like an announcement, right? That they will not support the Internet Explorer 11. So I'm going to say standalone Internet Explorer 11, right? Because uh, this week separately, Microsoft uh, also had some uh, tech community articles yes. about how the future of Internet Explorer is really inside Edge. And actually, I've been using Edge myself. Uh, I've used it uh, in uh, WVD for sure, because, uh, you know, we use Windows 10 as some of the image for that. So um, it's really solid. And in compatibility, like kind of downscaling it in the compatibility mode for Internet Explorer, it does work pretty good with a couple of apps that I've tested it with. Yes. So if uh, I know that a lot of organizations still have dependencies on IE, uh, especially when we think about large financial um, applications that are built uh, for vertical markets and government markets. Um, yes. Those seem to always be the two areas where we struggle to- uh, Healthcare kind of as well, especially on healthcare because of yeah. those legacy uh, applications that usually they are attached to some type of, of device or some type of, of, of healthcare kind Different of system. Backend processes. Backend processes. Financial as well. These are usually very large uh, applications, right? So we're not talking about uh, even something at a CRM level, which is pretty complex as well. Yeah. But it's a layer higher than that even. Absolutely. So um, nonetheless, uh, it is going to be sunset September 30th, right? Um, coming up in this fall Yeah. out of the WVD image. So um, it's definitely something to target. So if your organization or one of your clients uh, is using WVD and is counting on Internet Explorer 11 in that image, it's time to start now. Um, don't wait. Don't look for reasons to put it off. Um, there, the reason is here. Uh, look for ways yeah. to solve the problem. And uh, yeah, lots of different resources out there, yeah. certainly not the least of which is Microsoft's tech community. I know I already mentioned it, but um, there's uh, outside of Azure updates and things like that. There's product specific updates. And that's where actually a lot of the product team people publish little blog articles, like magical tidbits that have tremendous amounts of technical detail that can really help you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So in this case, this web client is where you can have one of the ways that you can access the virtual desktop. So on this day, uh, you will not no longer be able to access with IE11, but you can still use uh, your normal web client like Edge, Safari, Google Chrome, Firefox. They are still be maintained as the way that you can use it. That uh, let's be honest, it's it's the normal way to do it on the on the uh, WVD. Although there are some organizations that they use this internally that they still use uh, IE 11, right? Exactly, yeah. There's all kinds of reasons yeah. uh, that are uh, just kind of hanging on on the edge, but not the least of which, uh, the next article up is kind of the special highlight, right? It is. So Azure gains its 100th compliance offering protecting data with EU cloud code of conduct. Whew, that's a mouthful. Yes. Well done, Microsoft Azure. That is a lot of compliance offerings. 100. 100. Um, yes. That's a that's a lot of work. Let's list all of them for all of our listeners today, Marcos. <laughs> I'm I'm teasing. Of course. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I got scared for a moment, but but yes. So that's one of those things where the camera pans away and comes back after the sun sets. <laughs> yes. So it's. It's amazing just to see that Azure um, and and we know this because we've been working with Azure 
I've been working with Azure since the beginning and now achieving uh, 100 in this case of this compliance. It's unbelievable. Uh, uh, um, unbelievable in this case code, uh, not code, uh, achievement that they are doing. Um, so it's really good in this case. They are announcing it was with the EU cloud, e, uh, European Cloud Code Conduct, uh, mm -hmm. in this case, uh, developed for uh, the European General Data Protection Regulation, the famous GDPR, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that achieve another way to do it. So with this, they got from the Belgium Data Protection Authority, that was one of the last ones to do that, uh, and now they are they are compliance. There's another offer to do it, so it's 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 amazing to see this, right? Great, and it it's a big deal. So just to kind of uh, put a bit of a frame around what does one compliance mean? So for this compliance requirement, the the they verified the adherence of over 140 Azure services that comply with the standard yes right so this is just the one there's 100 of these so that's a lot of work and that's why we're so proud of microsoft azure and it's why we're really happy to be part of uh really just talking about microsoft azure and using it every day um i was talking with a client uh today actually about the robustness of azure and the microsoft security um, kind of suite of products and how it can really complement um, not only compliance, but a robust uh, business continuity and disaster recovery plan and really be front and center with that, right? And I think a lot of these compliances really help make it easy for us as consultants to talk to our clients about how awesome it is. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing because um that's the part that that is really key on all of this it's all of these compliances so it's it's like i just opened here the 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 list and it's absolutely amazing what they what they are doing what is the complying offers either from global like the all the cai cis benchmarks the SOCs, mm -hmm. the ISOs, um, the U.S. government, U.S. government. Uh, yep, the FedRAMP ones. Remember Fed talking ramp. about those oh, like yes. a month ago or something? The FIPS, right? in this case, the yep. NISTs, the DODs. Uh, it's, it's amazing how they can do it. And even you going to um, some regional ones, like going to specific, specific for us, uh, for example, the Canadian uh, privacy laws. So yes, they are repeated. Yes, they are complying with that. Uh, with countries like, for example, uh, China, India, Australia, it's unbelievable. Financial services, it's it's completely. And of course, one of the most critical ones that we always found the the HIPAA with healthcare yeah. and life and life. It's, that's it's a tough one, right? That's a it very is, tough one. Yeah, it's right up there with like uh, CIS level two and uh, all those other uh, like really um, lofty goals for yes. compliance. Financial, like one of the, the biggest one that I ever seen, especially on this, it's, it's the FINMA of Switzerland. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible how they, can, how they can be very, very doing it. Even on financial... They're going on the regional level as well. Like, for example, the Canada one with the OSFI, um, for example, and, and all of that. It's like, it's, it's incredible what, what they are trying to, to achieve with all of this. Is, is, it's, it's unbelievable. Plus, all of those additional compliance resources that they have. And, and, and to be to doing a parallel on this and to, to spend a little bit more time than usually on this achievement, you don't see this only on Azure. You see this extrapolating, for example, to Office 365. 
So they, that's true. They don't right? stop yeah, it's, on it's Azure. not siloed. Yeah. On Azure. Because, well, it, the re, now, okay. So let's talk about that for a minute, right? Because that does get a bit complicated. So we think of Azure and Office 365 as separate things. And in many ways they are, but they're also tied together, right? So uh, what infrastructure does Office 365 run on top of? Like what infrastructure is the same yeah. as the, the Azure, although it's a different, it's a different uh, data centers it's, it's, separate it is physically, right? Seg separated, yeah. yes. But it is built on top of Azure infrastructure technology. It is. So when uh, the like one of the benefits um, is that so when you think about uh, like GDPR standard, for example, you know, so famous, right? But when Azure meets that from an infrastructure perspective, we're also gaining that benefit and the confidence of uh, that layer because that almost immediately filters in to Office 365 at that same layer. It might take a little bit longer to get, uh, for example, like Exchange Online or specific products within 365 stack to become compliant with all of the standard as well. But at the infrastructure layer, we get to inherit the benefits of Azure to 365 as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and that's that's where it guarantees that we are doing it. Although 365 is a SaaS offering, like, like a software as a service offering, uh, but the underlying, uh, they need to be configured with the same infrastructure that we are talking about. Although different data centers, they will have, I'm assuming that they will have the same mechanism that Azure have because Azure is a, a, as a PaaS and IS kind of offering. So a platform as a service and infrastructure as a service kind of offering. Um, and that's where they are, they are separated, right? Because um, the way that Microsoft managed their own data centers, in this case for Office 365, it's not on the same way because the level of automation is totally different. Um, on Office 65, we only consume the services, um, but we uh, on 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 Azure, we are building those services, right? That's that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then, I just I, it's it's really interesting to me because I I know we talk about it kind of once in a in a blue moon really, but. It's always fascinating to me how, uh, you know, we get to inherit kind of all of the these little advances from Azure kind of transparently in the background with Office 365 completely, as well. Completely. And and a lot of those compliances, if you're going, for example, on, on the 365 security that, that we're doing that as well, for example, with policies, DLP, the, and there are services that they are kind of, working together so for example the advanced threat protection for example and all of that uh, azure information protection and azure id identity and all of that that they are transverse to on not only azure uh in this case azure subscriptions and azure as a as a microsoft azure but do as well on the on the microsoft 365 cloud services that they are basically kind of transverse like Azure AD. Um, you'll see a lot of those. Um, this morning I was with one of one of my customers working on, on that to just showing them that yes, you can make and you can see what is your uh, your compliance, for example, uh, and get the reporting what you are missing or not of one of those one hundreds on Azure through Azure Security Center. But you can also go to uh, to Office 365 and exactly the same compliance, and you can say, you know what, I want to implement DLP, for example, on Azure Information Protection on the Office 365 with the same level of compliance. And now exactly. I and now I can go on on the Canadian privacy laws, like you cannot you cannot pass, for example, the your uh, the Canadian uh, driver's license, the bank accounts, and all of that, doing all of those compliance that we have, right? And now exactly. we can pass and say to Office 65, 
hey, if you see any type of this data, you are not sharing, it will be blocked. So it's not like, it's, it's like you said, there is a, a thin layer between both that they are using exactly the same infrastructure, not exactly the same, but they are kind of sharing the same compliance, let's call it this way. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. It, it, we get to inherit um, all, all of those properties. I was just thinking I'm going to have to update my compliance slide deck that I use with my customers. Uh, yeah, because you have now, one more now. <laughs> we can say we have 100. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I wonder what number is in there. So I'm going to have to look because I think it might be a little out of date. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's why we have this show. So if you subscribe, and again, let me. Let me click on that. If you subscribe to this show, uh, you will know all of those type of things. So absolutely, yeah. yeah, we have only the most wholesome baked-in Azure goodness available. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Freshness guaranteed, or your money back. Oh, exactly, totally, a hundred percent of your money back. Absolutely. It's funny. I remember. Uh, I just want to think about uh, promising guarantees to clients. I remember the uh, the episode of um, the American uh, The Office, and when Michael Scott starts his own Michael Scott Paper Company. You remember this? Yes. And they're selling on the phone, and uh, they said, "Well, just offer them a guarantee." Well, what do you guarantee? Uh, your we guarantee that uh, your satisfaction is guaranteed, and that's our guarantee. I think they said guarantee <laughs> like fifteen times. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was, that's just what came to my mind. Completely out of track, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry, folks. It's the end of the week. The sun is it shining. Is completely. And these things happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Moving to the last but not the least. Yes, it's been a short week as we announced on the on the pre not pre recording on the introduction, right? So last is the general availability of Azure Express Route, five new peer locations available. So Microsoft is announcing new five uh, locations available for Express Route. Bogota, Madrid, Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, and Toronto too. You say those names so much better than I do. Yeah, so especially Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, right? I just love the way that you say that. You could <laughs> you could say that all day long. I'd be happy. So, <laughs> uh, so now we have seventy five global, okay, uh, commercial um, peerings locations that we can connect our Azure uh, or our infrastructure to Azure in this case. Right. And one of the, like, I, I was just thinking, uh, maybe let's share the story about when we talked about this uh, before the recording, when yes. we were um, talking about our articles. So I know, um, it's okay. It's self-deprecating humor, it's fine. So <laughs> <laughs> I I asked you, and I said, uh, only because I think this is going to benefit some of our listeners, right? It's just like, if we can help that one person, right? So I said, well, hold on a minute. What about... Toronto too. Don't we call this Canada Central? Because for some reason, uh, even though it's end of the day, my coffee did not kick in yet. And you said very politely and professionally to me, but Andrew, we're not talking about regions. We're talking about express route peering locations. Yes. Oh yeah, right. We're talking about data centers. Exactly. Okay, because... So we're talking about each a data center within the region. And a region typically has two or more data centers within a region. And it's based on milliseconds for communication between the data centers to qualify as a region. And that's why we end up with like US West 2, US West 3, all those things, right? Exactly. And Toronto 2 is really just Toronto 1's brother or sister or whatever. It's the other data center, right? Yes. So, so we have Toronto and Canada Central, and now Toronto 2 is a peering location. So you can, in theory, build some increased redundancy in your networking by having two peering locations within Canada Central. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
and that's and that's the part that that um i'm glad that you did you bring that up that we were discussing this on on the on the pre-recording part of it because it, this is the type of things that that i like to bring to to our show right is to clarify all of this so the the azure region microsoft already announced that i think until the end of next year something like that they will have three regions uh no sorry three zones per region okay yes uh, for every region that they have on azure uh this peering it's local peering okay could be uh the express locations um sometimes referring as as the peering locations or meet me locations basically are where is the location where you have the microsoft what they call microsoft enterprise edge okay devices so it's like the point of presence okay that they have uh regarding that and that is where is your entry point into the dark fiber okay uh of 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 azure uh, toronto too in this case doesn't mean that we are outside of canada central or toronto too is canada central uh, this is one of the region the peering locations uh, in this case that we are connecting to so for example chicago you have a lot of them okay you don't have yeah, only there's chicago a of, there's uh, a lot of fiber in chicago a lot of fiber it's one of the main the main hubs in this case so in total what they have is they have um they have a lot of regions for example so on canada central you have toronto and toronto too for example on west central uh, us you have silicon valley and silicon valley too even on on washington you have washington dc and washington dc too so is there are locations of peerings that as you can imagine you can only hold a, 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 a such an amount of 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 connections right because mm -hmm. this is a physical connection we have to, that's correct we have to 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 reinforce it's not a virtual connection yeah express route it's a mpls circuit that you are connecting to a, a port on a switch or whatever it is into azure okay that's correct uh, so it's a physical location that's why you're starting to have all of those kind of Toronto to uh, Washington DC to Silicon Valley to Los Angeles as well have two of them. Chicago, apparently they don't have, they have, it's one of the biggest uh, that they have in North America, but there are other, uh, on other locations, for example, I remember now Singapore, I think they have Singapore and Singapore too, and Tokyo, for example, and if you're going to to sydney as well so some some of those 75 global azure peering locations you will see that you have double double or you are starting to have numbers and and china i think you have as well and and in this case and and uh not china india uh you have as well with china and china too and mumbai and mumbai too something like that uh, well, there, there's Azure in China as well, but it's a little bit different. It's Azure uh, through Vianet 21, I think it is, or yes, something like exactly, that. Yeah, exactly. And and Europe as well. It's not only those big regions, the the local regions, like like for example London, uh, Frankfurt, that is the German region. For example, you still have that uh, uh, as well with London and London too, and something like that. It just allows us. The good thing about all of this, right? It just allows us to have um, other regions or other peerings, right? Uh, and ways that we can connect to Azure and make um, this high availability. Because theoretically, or, or in this case, if you do, if you respect the Azure Well Frame Architecture uh, or Well Architecture Framework, um, is you should have two express routes, right? Uh, to not having a single point of, of, of failure. Exactly. Uh, and now you can have, in this case, for example, on the same region, if you want, uh, London, I will pick London, 
London and London too, so you can have one to London and the other one to London too, and that's it. Uh, you are you are covered with that, right? For example, uh, you don't need to go to another region uh, to have to have that availability, for example, right? So and this this could be something that you are they are announcing an extra five in this case, and those are the ones. We Canadians are lucky to have. In this case, the, the, the Toronto too, because apparently Azure is being growing so much in Canada. Definitely. Um, I know that uh, I have a, a couple of customers that have been expanding uh, their kind of adventures into cloud, uh, certainly over the last year. Um, and I know that there's a couple of big customers as well uh, moving uh, pretty rapidly in uh, the Canadian uh, Azure regions. So. It's really good. It's really nice to see um, Canadian companies and industry embracing Azure. Uh, I know that I'm really enjoying that, and it's it's really uh, just nice because we can we can talk more uh, with more colleagues about uh, Azure uh, kind of well our updates for one, but also the different ways that Azure helps different industries. It's really nice just to see. Um, that kind of progress across the country. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and again, um, if you if you went to the to the blog post, uh, in this case, you can see the locations and partners. And depending on location, you can go uh, with different even velocities as well, uh, and different uh, partners as well. For example, I'm seeing, for example. In this case, Toronto, that's what you mentioned. In Toronto, you have Cologic Story that you can have from 10 gigs to 100 gigs. And in Toronto, too, you have Allied Re-EIT, re uh, that you have, again, 10 gigs uh, and 100 gigs. Although I have to say one thing is I was I was going to see the, 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 the blog post and, and all of that. And I found one curious thing is they have one point of presence, one Azure peering location that it's not attached to one region that is in Vancouver. Right? Yes, which is really interesting, right? It is. Because it's close to Seattle. Seattle. Exactly. And a certain company we know and love has a pretty big Canadian office in Vancouver. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I know Microsoft has a pretty big office in Vancouver as well, <laughs> right? No so, one, they have three offices in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, yes. their presence is very large uh, on our West Coast. Uh, but uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, because Vancouver doesn't get a region, no. but there is a uh, there is I think it's an Equinix peering location in Vancouver. Uh, but um, it's really interesting, right? That's it is. sort of newer. Um, uh, we used to have to go down to I think it was US West two or something like that was the closest one from us here in Western Canada, uh, because Canada Central can be a little bit far away, can be a little uh, what's the word? cost prohibitive yeah. uh, for small business to have an express route across the whole country, right? Because Absolutely. it's often distance-based as well and latency gets higher and all those things. Yeah. But there, it's, it's, it's really cool because there's a lot of alternatives that keep evolving uh, with how to connect to Azure and also how we use Azure services. Absolutely. So, and really it, fun to see. It's really fun. And if you're going to the Azure Commercial Global or Azure Commercial Azure, um, and on a blog post, you see that there is a lot of, of, of locations that they are not attached to any any regions. And again, this is the entry point to get onto those. This is where Microsoft starting their boundaries of the dark, uh, of the not dark fiber, but on the Azure fiber, um, in this case, um, that to, to just be able to connect to Azure. So it's what they call the POP, the point of presence uh, to enter, in this case, into the Azure world, into the Microsoft Fiber. Um, very, very cool to see that and to explore a little bit more in depth. I know that we probably lost a few 
thousands, let me call it this way, viewers right now. We're going <laughs> that that low level. But I hope that it was uh, instructive to you. Um, in this case, talking all about this. And when we have a little less, in this case, uh, updates, we can go a little bit more deeper and, and talk about a little bit more into these into these topics. Exactly, it's kind of fun when that's happening. It, uh, it does, it does. Uh, so with that, uh, we finalize our show for this week. Uh, so thank you very much once more time. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, don't forget to smash that like button like crazy. Come on, let's do it. He's back, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, completely. Um, I'm really excited about this. Next week, or not next week, this week that you are seeing, we have um, Microsoft. Uh, I forgot the name. Oh my God. Microsoft Build. Build, yes. I was saying Ignite, but Ignite is not now. Uh, you, build. you know what? I, I think I've done it to, uh, twice this week when talking with people as well. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Um, uh, you guys forgive me. Uh, no worries about that. Microsoft built, so enjoy that. Uh, if you are not registered, it's free. Uh, so for the first time, not the first time, the second time in my life, I can watch, in this case, the build, because it used to be um, sold out in 30 minutes or whatever it is. Um, a few years back, they were giving uh, a lot of good prizes. It's a developer conference, but although... It's they have a lot of good announcements. So let's see what goes next week. So once again, enjoy the outside. Be safe. And thank you, Andrew, once more time for being my partner in crime. Um, and, and thank you for listening. And um, I, I hope I can see you next week. Right? Absolutely. I'll be here every week. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for staying tuned. We really love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thank you and bye. <laughs>